Hello. Hello. Welcome to Just Another Murder Cast. Yay, Jam. Yay, Jam. <laughs> okay, my case this week. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. Like, I'm nervous. It's a, it's a doozy. And it's, like, really sad. Aww. So, like, I don't know how much funny is going to be in today. Today's going to be, like, a real murder cast. Like a real one? Yes. Not, a, not our bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right. So, let's talk about, first, our sponsor. Our sponsor. Which you are repping the Dead Crow Defense Tea today, son. I, I am. Y'all can't see me, but I got it on. I posted a picture just now. <laughs> it's super cute i love their teas anyway so and yeah. i like that new red they didn't have the red last time i don't think they had the red but i got the green i like the green um i tried to order the green because mm-hmm. i wanted the green mm-hmm. and they were sold out yeah because that's a it's a really good color i was so angry i do like that red though i almost dropped them as a sponsor but then i was like no i still really like them <laughs> <laughs> all right so dead crow defense don't end up on these murder podcasts you don't want to do that. Nope. Um, get your shit from deadcrowdefense.com. We believe in defending the weak by putting more firepower into the hands of good people. Shop online at www.deadcrowdefense.com. They carry tasers, pepper spray, ass-beaten batons, and so much more. These aren't just the little tasers that you can buy at any store. The little stun guns you can buy at any store. It's an actual shooting projectile taser. It shoots out prongs. It's the <laughs> same thing as the popos carry, but it's made for civilians. You can, or civilian conceal in uh, purse carry. So you just shove that right in your purse there. Well, do you have a gas mask? No. Do you have body armor? Mm, I should. You should because you're going to die. <laughs> they have <laughs> ammo in stock. And they have the best t-shirts, which I've said. The hats are my absolute fave. And they have dad visors. You can't go wrong. Rock that dad bod. That's right. Looking right. Y'all, all orders ship out the very next day. And I can speak that as the truth because I just ordered something and I already have it. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Um, if you go on there and you don't see what you need, they can do custom orders. So just email them at sales at deadcrowdefense.com. Y'all, and just because you're our listener, they're giving you 10% off. Just use the code YAYJAM. YAYJAM. All right. Don't get your ass murdered. Don't get your ass murdered. Shop at deadcrowdefense.com. Dot com. What is that? Dot com. <laughs> do you remember <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm really just nervous about today. I'm excited. Okay. I'm okay. Okay. All right. Um, first, I would like to give a little shout out. Wait, you're skipping me. And Why it did I literally skip you? says, don't try to skip oh, me. Oh, I'm today. sorry. I'm so sorry. What are your comments? So, first of all. Oh, shit. What is about to come out of your mouth right now? I feel like so when you. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. But, uh, okay. Um, first of all, I need to thank Cruz Bernalis. Yes. He redid our logo. Y'all, it is so good. It is so good. Just if you don't know, the first logo, I didn't know I needed one when I went to. Um, Apple Podcast. Mm-hmm. So I was like, um, let me do like a two second thing and do this on my but phone. But it was really cute. It was cute. Uh huh. It worked until he showed us a new one. And then we realized ours didn't work and his was so much better. Holy shit. Yep. So much better. It's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Cruz. You're I love bo- you. You're the bomb. Bomb.com. You really Dot are. Com. The best. I appreciate all the support you've ever given me my entire life, mm-hmm. by the way. And the new logo. And the new Especially logo. Especially the new logo. Yeah. Okay, you ready for my next thing? Oh my god, no! You make me so nervous. You should oh. be nervous. Are you f-ing serious? What do you have? What do you have? I ordered some stuff from Dead Crow. 
<gasps> is that a fucking taser? Is it a taser? Are you shut the f up? And you said I could tase you. Oh, oh my! Are there setting? Oh my god! Oh my god! Are there settings? Are there settings? No, it's just a taser. You yeah. just tase people. Are you fucking high? You oh, said I was it's not recording. I was not. Oh my god! Oh my god! I was not prepared for this. Oh, not, okay. All right. Wait. We don't do this today, right? No, I'm not gonna tase you today. Can I be drunk while we do it? We'll have to ask Avery. Avery, I need to know. Like, can I? Like, like is Avery gonna be there so that like if I pass the fuck out, he can save me? Well, you can save me. That's your job. I was like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think I do for a living? <laughs> You're going to fucking shoot me with it. Oh, my God. I, oh, my gosh. Okay. Like, I mean, like, are they going to be there to, like, to do it? Like, right? Like, Avery, are you going to be there to do it right? Oh, my God. I got to be drunk. I, I can't. I talked to him today. I hate you. And <laughs> you said it. Oh, my. <laughs> I, said, I take it back. You said. Oh. I talked to him today. And we're going to find a time that works for all of us to get together on Taze Haley? And Taze Haley. Oh, my God. Does that have to be, like, our first video? Yes. Am I going to shit my pants? Like, no. literally, do no, people poop their pants? No. Are you sure? Yeah. Are, I've watched a lot of videos. You don't look confident in that answer. Uh, do you want me to turn a cartwheel? I'm really confident <laughs> in my answer. <laughs> oh. Okay. And it turns out for good. the next three years, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Holy, like that's a for real taser. Yeah, it is. I'm so excited. I've never seen one in person. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. So like these tasers come with prongs. Yeah. Can you only shoot me with one? With, with one prong? Yes. <laughs> we'll discuss it. Yeah, this is going to take some proper planning. and Yeah. We'll discuss it. I might let you tase me too. Okay. But that's a might. Like, I just need you to get to the Okay, so part. like what if he tases us, but we're holding hands? <sighs> I feel like I should say no to that, but that's a good idea. Who does it Who does it affect? Both of us? Both of us. Well, if he hits both of us. Because you know when you watch the people, mm -hmm. they have like the ones on each side. Yeah, the two prongs. Right? More than two prongs. Oh. Um, but they have the person on each side to hold them up so you don't just like collapse onto the ground. Oh, so it doesn't shock that person. It doesn't shock that person. But if he shoots both of us with the taser, it would, shoot both, it would get both of us. And then we both collapse? We're going to do it on the trampoline or something. No, the people would hold us up. I'm a big girl. Baby. <laughs> You're not that big. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going to have to discuss this. I'm going to need Avery on next week's episode because like <laughs> I, I literally feel a fart coming on right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, um, he said that he needs this video within the next couple of weeks for his um, stuff too. So we'll talk to him soon. You want to call him? No, I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not so nervous about my freaking case. Now I'm going to be thinking about getting my ass tased. He told me. I he, really take it back, man. He was like, um, you can't just spring this on her. And I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> that is so rude. It's <laughs> <laughs> what we do. <laughs> listen, listen, dead crow defense. I thought we had something going here. We have a good thing going. I'm so excited about <laughs> you, it. You two have a good thing going. I am not involved in your shenanigans. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm not going to sleep for like weeks. My heartbeat is going so fast. I'm so excited. No, my heartbeat's going fast. And like, I already have anxiety. I'm going to have to take an extra Lexapro today <laughs> for the next few weeks. You'll be fine. Take it back. <laughs> you can't take it back. It's recorded. I quit. You can't quit. This is your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, um, let's do this before I die. Actually, I'm not going to die because we have deadcardefense.com. I'm just kidding. Deadcardefense.com is going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what they do. Okay. Well, I would like to give a special shout out. 
to my girl Steph. My girl Stephanie. Stephanie and I work together at the hair salon. She's awesome. Love her. So thank you for your comment. I love you so much. It was very nice. She's the bomb. All right. Warning. Warning. Hey, guys. I don't know if you know this, mm. but it's a murder podcast. Someone gets murdered. We use colorful language. Trying to do better. Not today. <laughs> we think we're funny. <laughs> but we also try our best not to in any way offend the victim or families of the victim. Just the murderers. Murderers. Yes. Yes. Let's get at it. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Loser goes first. Okay. Just I'm win. almost willing to go first just to get mine over with. Do we, would you want to go first? No. Okay. Rock, Rock paper, scissors, <laughs> shoot. You, you Damn! <laughs> I lose every week. I think you've won twice. Out of 10 episodes? All right, are you ready? I'm so excited. Okay. okay. Oh, gosh. This is a this is brutal. So, you know how we try to stay in Georgia, right? Yeah. Listen, that's getting harder and harder. So Okay. I'm in South Carolina today. I'm in Georgia. Cool enough. Okay. Yep. May 31st, 1985. <gasps> so close. Lexington, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. 17-year-old Sherry Smith was two days away from her high school graduation. On her way back from a senior pool party, she stopped at her mailbox at her family home. Her father saw her pull in and stop at at the mailbox from his office window, but didn't think anything of it until a few minutes passed, and he realized she didn't come in the house. He quickly made his way down to the mailbox to find Sherry's car. Door open, still running. He noticed the feet prints going to the mailbox, but none coming back. All of her belongings were still in the car, too. She had vanished. She was a really good girl, so he kind of panicked knowing, like, this is not, like, there's something. That's this not is, normal. Yes. I feel like that wouldn't be normal for anyone, though. Yeah, it's weird. After informing his wife, the parents, Robert and Hilda Smith, contacted the Lexington police, to which they quickly responded. The Smiths were kind of a big name around town, so it was first believed that money might be a motive. So the police told the family to wait for a ransom call. Meanwhile, Lexington sheriff organized the largest search party in South Carolina history. Okay. That's a pretty big one. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, good for you. Two days later, the family received a dreaded call. But it wasn't about money. It was a man with a scary voice who demanded to speak to Hilda. He informed her that Sherry was doing well. He was feeding her, giving her water and all that. But he told her to be on the lookout for a letter in the morning in the mail. And then hung up the phone. Well, you kidnapped her from the mail. I don't think I want to go to my mailbox. Uh-uh. Police knew they needed to get this letter as soon as possible. So they contacted the postmaster. It was a weekend. And you know it's a small town when you can contact the postmaster and make him go into the shop and open up. Mm-hmm. They had a crew go in. They put all their gloves on and they went through the mail until they found an envelope addressed to the Smith family. Inside was a long letter in Sherry's handwriting. The top of the letter was the time, 3.10 a.m. with the date, June 1st, 1985. And I love you written really big at the top the top also read last will and testament oh no oh god okay are you ready yeah oh god this is gonna be terrible y'all terrible it says i love you mommy and daddy robert don and richard and everyone else and all other friends and relatives i'll be with my father now so please don't worry just remember my witty personality oh my god this is terrible oh jeez and great oh shit <laughs> i told you this is gonna be so sad and great special times that we all shared together oh my god i'm not even close to being done <laughs> please don't even let this ruin your lives just keep living one day at a time for jesus some good will come out of this my thoughts will always be with you and in you and right after this not and like she wrote in cursive but then right be- this was the first paragraph 
this right after that she put in um that's not quotations what's this one parentheses yes the words casket closed i know (laughs) i know (laughs) this is so sad i love you all so much sorry dad i had to cuss for once because she said i love you all so damn much jesus forgave me richard sweetie i really did and always will love you and treasure special moments i ask one thing though accept jesus as your personal savior my family has been the greatest influence on my life i'm sorry about the cruise money somebody please go in my place i am sorry if i ever disappointed you in any way jesus Christ. Okay, I'm almost done, I promise. I only wanted to make you proud of me because I have always been proud of my family. Mom, Dad, Robert, and Dawn. There's so much I want to say and I should have said it before now. I love y'all. I know y'all love me and will miss me very much. But if y'all stick together like we always did, y'all can do it. Please do not become hard or upset. Everything works out for the good for those who love the Lord. And it says... Uh, all my love always sherry smith i love y'all with all my heart p.s nana i love you so much i kind of always felt like your favorite you were mine i love you a lot <laughs> i can't i can't that's rough that's terrible i would hate that <laughs> that is terrible so i think i'm emotional <laughs> this is so ridiculous no we'll talk about it we'll talk about it we'll talk about why i'm so emotional in okay. the in the middle. That's so sad. <laughs> I, am I about to start my period? I don't know. I need a drink. Okay. <sighs> Sherry's father, Robert, was the first to read it. He, ab- he was absolutely broken, but still hopeful. He said one of the hardest parts, other than the letter, was having to show his wife. Sheriff Metz immediately sent the letter to the crime lab, hoping they could get something quick. Jesus. Okay. The day that the letter arrived, the abductor called the family again. I have clips today. Here's the first one. call the search off no right you have my child right yeah with that scary voice and then he just hung up later that same evening he called again saying he would release her soon and then he said this This call was finally long enough to trace it to a drugstore in downtown Lexington. But in 85, tracing and tracking took 15 minutes, so they couldn't get there in time. Five days after the abduction, he called again, demanding to speak to Hilda and Sherry's 21-year-old sister, Dawn. And this is call three. Okay, 
He said, tell Sheriff Metz, search no more. He hung up. Like, what do you want from us? Yeah, why are you tormenting? Why? Right? Yes. He hung up, leaving them stunned, until the next day when he made another call. I hate him so much. I do, too. Terrible human. Hilda relayed this to the police, begging them to let her come, but they said no. When police arrived, they found Sherry's body in the backyard, still dressed in the clothes she was last seen in. The autopsy revealed that she had been dead for several days. Investigators believe that the suspect revealed... Okay, so remember... Wait, remember in one of the clips where he like said, hold on, and then he had to retrace his time. That that was the giveaway. Um, during the call, he said, at 1.58, their souls became one. That's when they believed that he murdered her. And that was two hours after the letter was written. They said the murderer waited so long to reveal her body because he wanted to buy time to try to get rid of the evidence. They found duct tape residue around her face, suggesting the cause of death was suffocation. He had actually cut her hair so that he wouldn't have to pull the duct tape off and leave any evidence, like touching her anymore. Yeah. So he cut her hair too, which is like, that's just terrible too. Clearly, he wasn't new at this. They said he must have planned this out detail by detail, even reading scripts during the calls. So that's when they believe he kind of gave it away because he was trying to re- trying to read the script and, you know, didn't, yeah. didn't do it right. But this a-hole was not done with his torment. He called the family again the night of Sherry's funeral. He wanted to tell Hilda exactly how he killed her. And I don't have a recording of that one. But he said, you know, can you handle this? I don't, you know. No, I can't handle that. And she said, no, I don't. Like, I don't think I can handle this, but I have to. I have to know what happened to my baby. Yeah, I get that. So a few weeks later, he called again. But this time, it was not to talk about Sherry. This was something completely different. So here is a few weeks later. So two weeks after Sherry's murder, a 10-year-old, Deborah Hamlick, was abducted in front of her family's home. A neighbor saw someone pull up in a car and snatch her, but that was all. So here's the second clip from that phone call. He told her to go find this body and may God forgive us all because he's a fucking nutcase. Yeah, he is. Investigators now knew that this was a serial killer. The South Carolina Law Enforcement Division scientists were still working on Sherry's case during this and knowing that it was the same suspect kind of threw things into overdrive. Their only hard evidence was a note, was the note from Sherry written on a legal, legal pad paper. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Luckily, the scientists are smart as fuck. 
So they did their science stuff to her note, revealing indentations on her note from a note previously on yeah. top of it. So they apparently put it into this humidifier and like do something with like electrodes. Do or, smart things. Yes. And then they dust it with like a fingerprint dust and okay. then it'll show up of like whatever was written. Yes. They discovered a few things. A grocery list, bills to pay, and a list of emergency contacts. Ooh. But of course it wasn't clear. They could only make out a partial phone number. 208, which is an Alabama area code. 837, which is the exchange for Huntsville, Alabama. But they had three digits of the last four digits. Which, like, it's pretty lucky. Yeah, you only have ten phone calls to call. Nine. Yeah. Ten. Ten, because you have zero. <laughs> I'm not smart as fuck. <laughs> Bet you're pretty. <laughs> they tried every combination until they reached a person. They asked the man who answered, do you have family or know anybody in South Carolina? And he's like, yeah, my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Mm. The father was 50-year-old Ellis Shepard, who lived 15 minutes away from the Smiths. They immediately pulled up Shepard's home phone records, showing that some of the calls were made to the Smith home. They go snatch the hell up out of Mr. Shepard. And Shepard was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know why my son's number was found on Sherry's note. I have no idea what you're talking about. He said, hold up, hold up. So, like, you know, they brought him in. He's like, you're going to have to wait. We've been out of town. We've been out of town for six weeks. And they were out of town when she was abducted. Which his alibi checked out. But they really wouldn't let him go because they're like, no, no, no. We need answers first. Right. So, they played the recording of one of the calls made by the killer. Shepard immediately said, that dirty son of a bitch. That's Larry Jean Bell. Bell was an employee of Shepard's and was house-sitting while they had been away. Oh. They compared the note that Shepard left for Bell to contacts to Sherry's last will and testament, and they matched. Shepard also said that when Bell picked them up from the airport, all he wanted to talk about was the kidnapping and murder of the Smith girl. Yeah, he wants to talk about it because he did it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Investigators then had to treat the Shepard's home as a crime scene. They found six blonde hairs in the bathroom that matched Sherry's and a sheet of stamps that matched the stamp on her letter. Yeah. Her last will and testament. Bell was arrested the next morning on June 27, 1985. Of course, he was shocked that they had closed in on him. And, of course, he had denied everything that had to do with Sherry or the 10-year-old little girl. The only thing he said was, this Larry Jean Bell didn't do it. It was the bad Larry Jean Bell. Okay. Mm-hmm. In January of 1986, Larry went to trial for the murder um, of Sherry. He tried to fake illnesses with crazy outbursts and claimed that he was Jesus. But the jury was like, shut the fuck up and only took 47 minutes to find him guilty for kidnapping and first degree murder. He was then tried separately for Deborah's murder, but also found guilty real quick. Mm. Bell was also suspected of killing 26 year old Sandy Cornett of North Carolina. He denied it, of course, but would tease the police with descriptions of where her body was, even drawing maps for them. But her body was never found. Uh. On October 4th, 1996, Bell was put to death by the electric chair. He had no last words as he believed that this was the fastest way to get him to God's throne. That's not where you're going, huh, <laughs> No. That's not where you're going. No, oh, you no. You want to read the Bible a little bit more. It <laughs> yeah. talks about that. Yeah. He, they offered him, he could choose lethal injection or electric chair, but he thought electric chair would get him there faster. And I'm like, nothing's getting you anywhere fast enough. But I guarantee you, up is not where you're going. No. You dirty, gross son of a bitch. Yeah. Mm-mm. 
Like I got when you see a picture of him too, you're gonna like. I don't want to see a picture of him. I, I mean, hate him so much. I hate him so much. Hate him so much. But he did become the last man in South Carolina to be uh, executed via the electric chair. All right. Good, good one to go out with though. Right. Mm-hmm. He deserved it. Deserved it. A crowd cheered as the hearse left Broad River Correctional Facility carrying Bell's body. One of his defense lawyers even said, we have killed a sick, delusional, psychotic man. While Sherry's parents didn't attend the execution, they watched on TV in awe as hundreds of people showed up and instead of protesting or making all this racket, they stood outside the prison with candles in honor of Sherry. Her father also said, her last will and testament provided more closure than any verdict or execution could. She knew where she was going. And armed with her unshakable faith, Sherry faced her death with grace and dignity. And I quit, is what it says at the bottom. <laughs> so, I know that that was not a funny one to break into with jokes. No. It was really hard. But that is the murder of Sherry Smith in Lexington, South Carolina. Um, my sources. Okay. You want to guess? Snapped. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 bitches. <laughs> Why did I write snapped? It was forensic files. <laughs> and it's episode. Okay. So if you go look on forensic files, if you Google like an episode, it says like season. Blah, blah. Well, on fucking forensic files, it's not seasons. It's collections. And the collections and the seasons don't fucking match up. So I'm going to tell you, if you want to go watch it, you go to collection nine episode two on there they don't even have fucking episode okay whatever <laughs> also i don't know what that says apnews.com the state.com an article by cliff leblanc medium.com and there's also a which i think we should watch a movie from 1991 on cbs it's called nightmare in columbia county and then i want to read you one more thing okay this was the closing argument from the prosecutor, Donnie Myers. You okay. ready? Yep. Sherry Smith had the fortitude and the courage to write out her last will and testament. And then he took the pen from evidence that they took out of Ella Shepard's home that mm -hmm. she had written it with. And he laid it in front of the jury and said, now each one of you, don't you have the courage to sign your name on this death sentence? And he walked away. Say, yes, I do. And they show enough. Had and the courage. The death vet attorney's uh, closing argument was. You right. I don't know. <laughs> he, he did it. I'm out here. <laughs> okay. Well, you gonna tell me why you're so emotional? Oh my god. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. La, 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 la. Okay. I'm gonna cry again. Because. Um. Listen. Okay. I'm about to be so stupid. Right. So I am. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> So I'm sitting in the line to go pick up Finn today at school. Right? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I have to be there Friday early because they get out early. And I'm like, this is the last time I pick up my child from kindergarten. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. That's so sad. <laughs> this is the last time I'm going to pick up my five-year-old. You want to hold him back a year? Yeah. No, he needs to go forward <laughs> a couple of years. You, know, you got another one coming up. Right, you got another one. You do I it know, all again. I know, but that's until she so... Until a teenager. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> that is so sad. Like, I will never have that day. Like, that's terrible. I don't want my baby to grow up. Well, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know that sounds ridiculous. He's growing up. I know. No, but I get it. 
I don't want it to be the last time. Like, fuck. I don't, I hate being a parent. I'll take them. <laughs> That's like, it's the saddest thing. <laughs> okay. All right. Like, maybe I just needed to get out a good cry. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with me. Like, it's a mental breakdown. Oh, shit. I need a snack or something. All right. You want to pause for a little bit? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I need to get it together. All right. We're doing it. We're live. We're doing it. We're not live. We're back. We're just back. We're back. You know what this puts me in a mood for? What is it put you in the mood for? Pepper spray. <laughs> Pepper spray. <laughs> you know what it puts me in the mood for? What? A taser. A taser. I was going to say a taser, but then I didn't want to. It was like, because everyone's sitting right there staring at me. <laughs> now, don't wind up on a murder cast. Get your shit from deadcrowdefense.com. Y'all, they believe in defending the weak by putting more firepower into the hands of the good people. Shop online at www.deadcrowdefense.com. They carry tasers. Pepper spray, ass beaten batons, which uh, that sounds fun, and so much more. <laughs> they're not the little stun guns you can buy at any store. No, they're. Uh, I, let me take your spot right here. <laughs> they are a. It is a shooting projectile taser that shoots prongs. It's the same as with the popo carry, but made for civilian conceal and purse carry. That's what they are. That's what's on the fucking table staring at me. <laughs> And it's going to taser. Jordan, I already asked your wife this, but do you have a gas mask? No, I do not. Do you have body armor? No. I think I would like the body armor. Um, All right, but look at look at these things. Your titties? Yeah, you think they're going to fit in any body armor? <laughs> well, you know what? If you if you don't see what you need, you can get a custom order <laughs> at sales <laughs> at deadcrowdefense.com. Is Avery sewing, like, different bulletproof vests together? <laughs> Bus sizes. Yep. They have the best t-shirts, hats, and even dad visors to match your dad bods. I love a dad bod. Me too. Mm-hmm. All of their orders ship out the very next day. Or at least the next business day. Like, we take Sundays off. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to get your custom orders at sales at deadcrowdefense.com. Y'all, and just for being a listener, you get 10% off at checkout using the code Yay jam. Yay jam. Now don't get your ass murdered. Shop at deadcrowdefense.com. Let's do normally, this. Normally, you know, like normally you're always texting me. Like, what's, it, what's yours about? What? I thought about that this morning. Where's that? I knew mine wasn't in Georgia. So I was and like, well, you yeah. don't text me. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. September 11th. Uh, Bad day. <laughs> I'm like, wait. 1982. Oh, I was like, I think I know where the story's going. <laughs> I think we all know this one. <laughs> we can probably skip it. <laughs> You're right, though. It's sad. Yeah. But. All right, September 11th, 1982. Ken Dooley. He's a youth development center employee. Sounds like a bad guy already. His home is fired at four times. Oh, shit. Yeah, someone shoots at him four times. Nobody's hurt. Just shout at him. Mm. You Except, know what? What? Did he shoot back? No. He could have. He could yeah. have if he shopped at... A dead crowd of Instagram! At least tased him. <laughs> Did he have on his body armor? Okay, uh, I'm done. I'm mask. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm done. All right. All right. That was my turn for a plug. Okay. All right. September 12th. Okay. 1982. Next day. The whole next day. Okay. Wait, so his house got shot, or he got shot at four times on September 11th. On September 11th. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. On September 12th, Linda Adair... Another youth development center employee, her house gets firebombed. Shut up. Phone calls were made to both employees after the events. 
a female calls both of them. The woman says, you will both die before the night's over. What? The woman claims she's sexually abused at the center that they both work at, and neither employee has any idea who this is. Like, so she's saying this is your fault? Yeah. Hmm. She claims that she was sexually abused, but they don't know who it is. The woman also calls the sheriff's office, and she says, for the abuse I took, they are both going to die. Yep. Did they not put him in, like, protective custody? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. September 25th, 1982. Lisa Ann Milliken, we're just going to call her Lisa, goes to Riverbend Mall in Rome, Rome Georgia. She is there as a part of a girls group from Ethel Harp's home. Ethel Harp's home is located in Cedartown, Georgia, and it's home for troubled girls. Mm-hmm. Lisa has a history of being abused and neglected by her family members. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes missing from the mall. <gasps> and everyone just thinks that she just simply ran away. She had a history of running away. She's not very low-liked by the girls at this place. Um, but she doesn't really have any enemies. Okay. September 29th, 1982. A call received by the DeKalb... Six days later. <laughs> no, honey. <laughs> Four six, days later. 29th? Yeah, September from 25th. The, from- for the tw- okay, I thought it was to the 29th. <laughs> it was four days. I'm just gonna go over. <laughs> a call is received by the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office in Alabama, not Georgia, mm-hmm. and they give detailed directions to a little girl's body. Wait, who calls the DeKalb? A call. Oh, a call. Okay, got it, got it, got it. The call comes from a female, mm-hmm. and she had previously called the Rome PD in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And a Rome radio station, also in Georgia. What? To give directions to Lisa's body. But they never found a body at any of those locations that she gave. What? Yeah, so she's put in the two phone calls to Rome PD and then a Rome radio station saying, hey, I know where her body is, but they didn't, didn't find him. But DeKalb County, they follow up on it. Mm-hmm. And that night, Deputy James May and several other law enforcement officers head to Litter River Canyon in Fort Payne, Alabama. It's a heavily wooded site, and it's been used as an illegal trash dump by locals for years. That's where they find Lisa's body. Oh, no. It is 80 foot down from the top of... It's like a canyon. Oh, like a cliff kind of thing. Yeah, like a cliff. And it is laying over a fallen tree. So she like threw her off the cliff. Yeah. Shut up. Lisa is removed from the canyon floor the next day by a system of rope. Investigators find three used syringe and a pair of women's blue jeans covered in blood. And it, like it took a, it took a while because that's 80 feet up that you got to carry this body. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, was the next day in mm-hmm. daylight before they were able to get her out. Mm. So October 4th, 1982, Janice Chapman and John Hancock are out walking. The pair accept a ride from a lady in a brown Dodge with out-of-state tags. Nope. Right? During the ride, the woman calls herself Lady Sundown. The f***? Right? Why'd they get in the car with her? That's my hooker name. That's your hooker name? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll change it. <laughs> so during the ride, she talks on the CB radio with a man and his name is Knight Rider. <laughs> the three, so the Janice Chapman, John Hancock, and Miss Lady Sundown meet up with Mr. Knight Rider on a dirt road in Rome, Georgia. Uh did the people know that No. Okay. They're just like, Where are you taking us? And she's like, Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Knight Rider's here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Knight Rider was driving a red car, and he has two small kids with him. Huh? Yeah, two two small kids. Were they his kids? Or were they two kids that he just picked up randomly? All we know is that they're two small kids. That Lady means she doesn't know the answer. She <laughs> <laughs> Lady Sundown told John, you go get Knight Rider's car. Janice is going to stay with me. So they all ride around for a while. Like he does it. He gets out of the car and gets in the car with the guy. Okay. <laughs> and they all <laughs> they all ride around for a while and eventually stop again. And John is told, get out of the vehicle. And I want you to walk away from the cars. What? When he does, Lady Sundown shoots him in the back. John falls to the ground and he lays there until he's sure that everyone else is gone. Hmm. Plays possum. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about these investigations. The Rome Police Department had recorded a call that gave them the tip to find Lisa's body. So one of the ones that didn't actually pan out to finding Lisa's body. Detective Kenneth Kynes plays the recording to Mike Jones. Mike Jones is Mike Jones! Not that same Mike Jones. No. Uh, Mike Jones works with the Walker County Department of Family and Children's Services. And he had previously handled Lisa's case... And he was basically listening to see if anything about the recording rang a bell. So something does ring a bell. What? Mm-hmm. Janice? Lady Sundown? Lady Sundown. Okay. Uh, Mike believes that the caller has a juvenile record. Let me tell you why. In the recording, the woman says, Y'all looking for Lisa Ann Milliken on run from the Harps home? Mike says that the term on run is not something that most people would describe or run away with. Like, if I'm calling to say, hey, are you looking for the girl that ran away? I'm not going to be right. like, are you looking for that girl on run? Okay. So he says it is something that someone familiar with the juvenile justice system would say. So someone who spent some time. By, in the pen. In, in, the, in the youth pen. Yeah. Uh-huh. The call is also played for Debbie Smith. I know we don't know who Debbie Smith is, but she's 13. What? She was approached by a woman in a brown car on October 4th, 1982. No. Yeah, the day that Janice and John are taken by ladies. Right. By the way. And the woman offers her a ride. And Debbie says, no, thank you, ma'am. I'll keep walking. Uh, Who just gets in the car with the random... I mean, this is the 80s. Things were different. That different? Like, we, we just yeah. ride around with strangers? Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Things were different. As the call is being played for Debbie to see, like, hey, is this the lady... Does this sound like the lady that offered you the ride? John Hancock just happens to be walking by that room mm-hmm. because he's reporting what happened to him, right? The one that got shot in the back. The one that got shot in the back. Okay. Mm-hmm. He stops dead in his track and he yells, that's the damn woman that shot me. What? Yeah. So they're recording on the, the voices. Mm-hmm. The woman that picked him up is Lady Sundown. Okay. Police say when John came in to tell about his story, they didn't really believe him and the events of October 4th. I mean, it sounds crazy. I yeah. got in the car with this lady, sundown, and we drove... <laughs> with lady sundown. With lady sundown, and we drove around, <laughs> and then we met up with Knight Rider, and then yeah. they shot me, and they took... They're like, chill on the LSD, bro. Right? Yeah. But after he claims that that's the woman that kidnapped him, yeah, that she was in a brown car, Debbie Smith says the lady was in a brown car. They start to believe his stories. They, you know, realize that the same person who took him is the same woman who attempted to abduct Debbie Smith. Mm-hmm. Debbie Smith. Bill Whitner of Floyd County Sheriff's Office tells Detective Kynes that their agency is also working a case of their own with an assistant female caller. That's the firebombing and the shooting. 
and they make the connection that you know they work at juvenile justice facility mm-hmm. or a juvenile facility and they think that the girl has worked at a juvenile facility or that has had some part of the juvenile justice system right yeah detective kinds requests a list of the girls who have been placed in the ydc from out of state he was given a list of 25 names and he's eventually able to narrow it down to one name and that's really smart because he says the out-of-state girls because the tags on the brown car were from out of state okay so that's how he gets that and they put the photo in a picture lineup and john hancock is able to pick out the picture that resembles his abductor but he's unable to say 100 percent this is her right but debbie smith she's 100 percent sure certain she picks her out no problem right she identifies the woman who offered her a ride as Judith Ann Neely. Judith was born Judith Ann Adams in 1964 in Tennessee. She was nine years old when her father died in a motorcycle accident. Mm-hmm. And he was an alcoholic her entire life. So up until the point that he died, she, you know, dealt with an alcoholic abusive father. Mm-hmm. When Judith is just 15 years old, she meets and marries Alvin Neely. Okay. Alvin Howard Neely Jr. is 26. When, when they, she's 15? When she's 15. 26 marries Whoa. a 15-year-old. He was born somewhere in Georgia, I don't know where, in 1953. And he was married when he first met Judy. What a trifle and hoe. Right? So he divorced his first wife and then shortly after that marries his child bride. Gross! How do they even do that then? Was there a law? I don't know. Maybe her family said it was okay. Mm. I don't know. So, Alvin is a known car thief, and their marriage started Judith's crime spree. Because, you know, if I marry someone that's into crime, I'm a If you lay with dogs, you get fleas. Right? They commit several armed robberies, and eventually Judith was caught after a botched robbery at the Mall of Georgia. Shut up! When? Yeah, in 1980. Wait, the Mall of Georgia wasn't there in 1980. Okay, well, maybe a mall in Georgia. Okay, yeah. Mall of Georgia came at, like, what, in 2000? <laughs> I, I guess that was, like, we, that was the closest thing to us besides here. Yeah. So, she is caught after this botch robbery, and she's sent to Rome's Youth Development Center. And she's only 16 at this time. And guess what? What? Pregnant. Chicken butt. She gives birth to twins while she's there. What? Yeah. <gasps> You remember those two small kids now? They're two small kids. I remember the two small kids. Okay, okay. Who's Knight Rider? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. (gasps) Okay, wow. I'm ready. So, law enforcement, they don't search very long for Judith because she's arrested October 9th of 1982 for writing bad check. Alvin Neely was arrested several days later. But, you know, they were looking for Janice Chapman because she was abducted, right? But she's not with them when they're arrested. (gasps) Okay, go. Right. Did you know that anything that you can you say can be used against you in the court of law? Uh, yeah, because I watch a lot of crime shows. Okay. Well, these two knew it, but they didn't really care. Shut up. They just they just talked a lot. Okay. I love when stupid people are there. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Alvin does ask for a lawyer, and he gets a lawyer, mm-hmm. but he still gives a detailed statement about everything the couple had done. What? He points the blame to Judith says that um, she's the criminal mastermind and sexual deviant of the pair. He blames her for the shooting on the 11th. He blames her for the firebomb on 
September 12th. He says that she forced him to rape both Lisa <gasps> and Janice, and then she kills them both. Where's Janice? Alvin goes as far as to draw a map for investigators leading to Janice's body. Oh, no. So she's also dead. Judith was questioned the same time as Alvin. She refuses a lawyer. She doesn't need one. But she fails to hold her tongue. She's not nervous. She's not scared. She just answers all of their questions like, no big deal. Huh? She admits to the shooting and the firebombing, but she claims that while she was in the juvenile detention center, Linda, the one that was firebombed, mm -hmm. forced Judith to have sex with Ken, the one that was shot. Oh. She claims that they are having a prostitution ring. Like, they're holding a prostitution ring out of the center. Mm-hmm. But this was heavily investigated, and none of it's found to be true. So, even though she claims that they can't find any truth to that. Mm -hmm. They did a lot of investigations with the other girls that were there. None of that was ever found to be true. Judith says that she approaches Lisa because she looked like Joanne Cunningham. She was a character from Happy Days. So, that's what drew her to poor little Lisa. Judith started talking to Lisa when they were in the video arcade, and Lisa willingly went with Judith as she hated the Harps home and she didn't want to go back. Judith, with her children, drove around for hours before they checked into a motel. Mm. The days following that went about the same. They drove around during the day and they checked into different motels at night, and Lisa would be handcuffed to the bed frame and had to sleep on the floor. Lisa was raped, and when they were done with her, they couldn't just let her go because she was going to tell on him, so they had to take care of her. Ugh. They go to the Rocky Glade, the area of Little River Canyon where she was found, and while the children are asleep in the car, Judith has Lisa walk over to a tree and lay down. Judy tells her, I'm going to give you a shot to help you go to sleep. That way I can leave and she wouldn't know where I was going. Mm -hmm. So Judy injects her with liquid Drano. What? Liquid Drano into her neck. Oh. She thought this was going to kill her quickly, but when it didn't, she decides, well, maybe I didn't give enough. So she gives her another shot in the right side of her neck, but this time she thinks maybe it was the liquid Drano, so I'm going to use liquid plumber. We'll just switch that up. <laughs> Since this doesn't kill her, Judy decides to keep going and injects her several more times in her arms and her butt. Lisa is still awake, she's in a lot of pain, and she begs Judith to take her back to the harp. Now, you're just torturing this little girl. That is, oh she's, my god, my stomach hurts. They, done that. they did that in the Holocaust. Yeah. Ugh. So, Judith has Lisa walk to the edge of the canyon and then turn away from her. And Lisa begs for her life and Judy doesn't care and shoots her in the back. But she doesn't fall forward like Judy had planned. So, Judith had to throw her over the edge. Oh my god. Uh, stop. So, since she had to throw her over the edge, her jeans are bloody. So, she changes them. And she throws the bloody pair into the canyon, as well as all the syringes that she used. Judy drives herself and her two sleeping children back to Fort Payne. While the pair are interviewed, a search of the home that they were staying at is conducted. There, the police find handcuffs, the two CB radios, and several guns and knives. So, Judith is on trial for Lisa's murder. Mm -hmm. Bob French is appointed as Judith's court appointed lawyer he doesn't like her and good. he's, he's <laughs> not happy that he's representing her good but he vows to do his best because that's his job right so judith is only 18 and since she's under 21 he decides to seek youth for offender status but judge randall cole said no 
No, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. So Bob French asked for a psychological test to be administered to see if Judith is even fit to stand trial because she's 18 and listen to all this stuff she's done. And in January of 1983, the tests are completed and they conclude that Judith had superior intelligence and no tendency towards delusion or suicide. So she's super smart. Um, did I mention that when Judith was arrested, she was pregnant? No. What? Yeah, she gives birth to a boy while waiting for her court date, which is March. Where are 7th, the twins? Nineteen eighty-three. I mean, they were. They probably turned over the state. Okay. Yeah. So Bob French decides to show Judith as a victim in all of this. He says, "There's no showing this bitch as a victim." Well, he tried. He opens. Bless his heart. With I will tell you that every move, every act, every thought carrying out the perpetration of this heinous event was planned, calculated, and instituted by Alvin Neely. He claims that after meeting and marrying Alvin at the age of 15, that Judith becomes brainwashed by him. That he savagely beat her starting just after their marriage, and that Judith was more or less his slave. Which, I mean, like, she's 15, so, like, I kind of get it, Yeah. But no. Yeah. She's you know? easily influenced at 15. Yes. But yeah, that, but you don't kill people. Yeah, you know that it's wrong. an insane person. Yeah. Right? So, the first witness for the prosecution is little Debbie Smith. Debbie identifies Judith as the woman who tried to pick her up as she walked home from school on October 4th, 1982. The prosecution then calls Suzanne Klotz, who identifies Judith as the woman who came up to her at Aladdin's castle in Riverbend and asked, are you alone? No. She said that this occurred September 25th, 1982, and that's the same day that Lisa was taken. They next call... Diane Bobo, she identifies Judith as the woman who tried to get her to go for a ride on the afternoon of October 3rd, nope. 1982. All three of these women say that Judith is alone when they're approached or when she approaches them. They never saw Alvin with her. They say that Judith did not appear to be abused or beaten in any way. John Hancock is the next. Mm-hmm. He tells his account of the events of October 4th, 1982, and the prosecutor emphasized the fact that Judy was the one to actually abduct the pair, and she was also the one that shot John. But during the cross-examination, Bob French did get John to admit that Alvin had given her directions during the abduction. He calls her on the CB radio. He decides where they would drive and where they would meet. He also said that while Judith was the one who shot him, Alvin yelled for her to hurry up with it. Bob Prince questions, he was in charge of the evening's transactions? And John replies, yes. Even though um, that may have been a few points in Judah's favor, the prosecution fi- quickly fixes that, asking John, did she seem like she was upset or nervous during this? John says no. And then, who was ordering you around? And John says she was. And finally, who shot you, John? Where he answered, she did. Mm-hmm. They probably separated because it's more likely like a friendship with a female versus a guy. Like if a guy pulls up and's like, hey, you want to ride? It's a lot mm-hmm. different than if a girl pulls up and's like, hey, right? you need a ride home? Right? Yeah. Like you feel safer. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you shouldn't, clearly. Right. Um, Bob Frank calls Alan's ex-wife, Joanne Browning, as his first witness. 
Joanne and Alvin were married for three years, and she is the mother of his three children. So this man has six children now, by the way. Good God. She claims that Alvin beat her during their marriage, and even while she was pregnant, she claims that he drugged her teenage sister and then raped her, and she was only able to get away from him when he fell in love with Judith. (laughs) Dodge that bullet. But the um, prosecutor says she can't be trusted. She had been remarried before she was even divorced. So she was polygamous. And as many times as she claims to have been beaten, she never had a broken bone. And all three children were born with no complications. They were only married for three years. She had three kids. If she was beaten that much. Yeah. You know. Um, Judy, or Judith, takes the stand next. Ugh. She testifies for four days. Four days? Four days. No, ma'am. She seems happy, even laughing while on the stand. Mm Mm-hmm. Bob French tries to combat this by saying that she smiles when she's nervous. <laughs> I give him props, though. And, and like, and he it, tried it, hard. It is something, and of course, we're looking after the fact, too, to be like, listen, I don't f-ing like her at all, but he's doing everything to give her a fair trial and, and yeah. to, to still stand by his client because also, in the end, if he loses, he kind of still wins. Yeah. And she gets taken care of and takes care of his as much as possible yeah yeah so he says that she smiles when she's nervous and she gives statements about her home life about meeting alvin and leaving home at 15 she claims that alvin's sexual advances were always crude and selfish and increasingly violent (laughs) she said from the very start she was like his slave poor little janice right no judith she did everything for him if she did anything wrong, he beat her. He taught her how to forge checks and rob people. She claims that she was also raped and went into detail of the abuse that she received from him. Judith said that Alvin forced her to claim the abuse that occurred to her at the YDC, but then none of it was actually true. He made up those stories about her being raped in the prostitu- uh, prostitution ring. Judith claims that Alvin wanted a virgin, so she set out to find him one. Alvin forced her to abuse Lisa and watch as he raped her repeatedly while their two children were in the room, by the way. Alvin picked the site where Judith would finally be murdered and gave instructions on how to do it. Judith said that Alvin then masturbated following Lisa's death and then forced her to make the phone call to Rome and Fort Payne police. Ew. Judith admits to abducting Janice Chapman and also states that she picked up another girl in Alabama. So a third girl that we don't know about. But she did all of this for Alvin. That's what I was thinking. I was like, how many other mm-hmm. yeah. people? The prosecution doesn't believe any of her statements about her fear, fear of Alvin. They say that someone as cold and as hard as her as she had been the day that she was interviewed or first interviewed was not someone that feared for her life because this entire time she's never showed that she was scared at all. Yeah, or remorseful. Yeah, she just straight up, you know, is cold hard. These are the facts. This is what happened. Right. As many times as Judith claimed that she was beaten by Alvin, she did not have many injuries to show for it. The only injuries that she had ever had was a broken finger and a slightly chipped tooth. And that could be from abusing the girls yeah yeah drugs maybe right so judith or she likes it rough 
Yeah. <laughs> Judith also admits to shooting Janice Chapman on her own. She did claim that she shot the... She shot Lisa at Alvin's request, but she's... Or no, she shoots Janice at Alvin's request, but the second and third time, she did on her own. She said that Janice was still screaming and that she was worried that someone would hear her. So, she saw, shot her twice more just to keep her quiet. The prosecution calls a doctor from the Alabama Department of Mental Health. He testifies that Judith knows right from wrong the entire time and that she made her own decisions to kill Lisa. Bob French tried to get him to admit that Janice was brainwashed, but he adamantly disagreed with that. On March 22nd of 1983, the jury returned a verdict of guilty to murder and abduction, and they recommended that she be sentenced to life in prison. However, in a capital case, um, the judge has final say, say on the sentencing. Mm-hmm. On April 18th, of 1983, Judge Randall Cole sentences Judy to the electric chair. And she is oh. only 18 years old. Wow. Right? Is that the youngest person? Yes. So Judy is then then pled guilty to kidnapping in the Chana- Chapman Hancock case and agrees to testify against Alvin because she doesn't want another death sentence. Alvin is... Uh, <laughs> I might get off this one. <laughs> right? Yeah. I might beat it. Yeah. <laughs> Alvin, however... Um, doesn't want to deal with that either. So he pleads guilty to kidnapping with bodily harm and intent to murder, and he is sentenced to two life terms. Is he still alive? No. Okay. In August of 1984, Mm -hmm. a woman comes forward. She claims that she was abducted in 1982, and she recently saw her abductor in the newspaper. She pinpointed Judith Neely as that woman. This is the last victim of Judith and Alvin, the next morning after she's abducted, police arrested Judy for the forged check. Shut up. Alvin, while they were arresting Judy, held hold this girl or held this girl in the bathroom at gunpoint, and once the police left, he let her go. What? So if this is all for him, why didn't he keep her? Oh, why would he let her go? Oh my gosh. So, we're going to talk about January 15th, 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, governor James, he loses his re-election for Alabama's governor. Mm-hmm. People don't like him. He is one of those, like, Christians that's, like, real Christian. Yeah. You know, like, uses it. Like, over the top. Yeah. Yeah. To do wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. And Judith, she she claims that she's born again. She's found Jesus. <sighs> Well, when you're on the death, they all do when they're on the death. Right. So three days before he is kicked out of office because he lost. That son of a bitch. He converts her sentence to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He did that just to piss people off. Yeah. Okay. Alabama Attorney General Bill Pryor points out that while the governor has the power to commute sentences, he has no authority to regulate parole. So guess what? She's eligible for parole. (laughs) What? In 2018, she was up for parole. Bitch, you are high. Hopefully the parole board's, like, smart. But at the same time, she's a genius, so... Yeah, like, but nobody should even... Okay, all right, I'm out, I'm out. 2018, she's eligible for parole, but the parole was denied. Well, thank God. But, unfortunately, she's going to be eligible in 2023. 
Whose dick did she suck? Apparently the governor's. (laughs) It's that Lady Spice. What is it called? What was her name? Lady Sunshine. Lady Sundown. Lady Sundown. That no. Lady Spice is like the Spice Girls. Um, but no. Right? No. Let but me see your picture. Hopefully, it, it, I don't know, you could say that, because that's what I was actually just looking up. You know who that, who she reminded me of, and actually I was reading the description of it, is the BTK killer. Remember that video we saw in school? So, mm-hmm. we had the BTK killer strangled a bunch of people in Kansas, mm-hmm. but he has uh, is antisocial personality disorder personality disorder mm-hmm. so basically he can sit there and he goes over verbatim with a, the story of what he did just like he's sitting here talking to us like no big deal and uh i mean strangling yeah. people has shows no remorse for what has happened and uh, i mean it's that's the exact same thing because he's also yeah. smart too i mean yeah so i mean that's exactly what that is but, and that's why I'd be like, hopefully there's right people on the parole board because they can still be denied. But at the same time, which I, there has to be some way to, for them to go back and look over and like redo it. I just want to know, how do you get the death sentence, like the death penalty? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, but now you're eligible for parole. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Like, it's not that's okay. daughter. No, that's, I mean, that's that's such wrong and such horseshit. Like, if I was her parents, any of their parents, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go strangle a ex-governor right now. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, no, that is completely wrong, and that drives me insane. That yeah. That people do it for religious reasons. Yeah. He just did that to piss people off. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. I don't know why I said that. That was good. Yeah, but I hate that we have these two together. But at least mine wasn't as bad as yours. Yeah. Yours I mean, was more yours had the more shock factor. Yeah. Mine had the more like well no, yours was like the angry factor. I don't know. Yeah. Mine was just like let's all cry. Yeah. Um, so I liked it. It was good. Me too. Today's episode was a was a was a doozy. It, yeah. Uh, we're gonna have to put a warning on you listen to it be like hey <laughs> hey Have give Haley a minute she's having a hard day all right so thank you all for all of your support um all of the comments everything like that i did think about something today if you listen to the episode comment or when you rate or whatever people do um review leave us like one of your favorite parts of the story right yes and don't forget to go to your little purple icon um, if you have Apple or wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, um, Podbean, Apple Podcast. I was going to say Panera, but I meant Pandora, Pandora. <laughs> Alexa, anything like that. Um, and subscribe to Just Another Murder Cast. Oh, dang. There's Alexa. She heard me. All right. Um, don't forget to leave us a review. Well, I already said that, but you subscribe did. and leave a review with your favorite part. Yeah. Go to our Facebook uh, I just put our new logo on Facebook today, and we are so excited about it. Love it. Don't forget to share. Yeah. Share the podcast. Share the Facebook. Share whatever you want to share. Yeah, we want to keep growing, and, like, we're friended out. So share share with your friends. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, don't forget to go to www.patreon.com slash justanothermurdercast where you can sign up to be a patron. 
and we already have a bonus episode on there. I'm mm-hmm. thinking that we might put this video of Haley getting tased on there before it's posted anywhere else. We should just put it on there. Well, I think that Avery wants to use it. I mean, we can send it to Avery. Okay. Um. Well. So, yes. And remember, on Patreon, there are four different tiers. Do you want to read the tiers? Oh, yeah. Hold on. We have four different tiers. The first one is friend zone. It's just a dollar a month. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm poor, but we like you. Here's mm-hmm. a dollar. Those are my people. Um, and then you know, friend dollar or friends with benefits. Oh yeah. It's five dollars a month. Hey. And it's like, hey, we like you. Here's your sticker. I ain't mad about it. Right. And then we can be Facebook official, mm-hmm. which thank get you, Katie Marchman. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be Facebook official, you get um, a bonus episode. Woo woo. You get a shout out at the end of the episode. Yep. And of course, you still get your sticker. Sticker. And then we can be happily married, guys. Go for to 20, the chapel. Sorry. <laughs> for $25 a month, we will give you a monthly bonus episode. Ooh. A shout out at the end of the episode. Hey. Y'all, you get a sticker. Sticker. A mug. A mug. A I want t- the mug. Well, you're going to get one. Oh, yeah. Pride. <laughs> um, A t-shirt. And okay. guess what? What else you get? <laughs> you get a poster. A poster. Ooh. All right. So Love please. It. Please, um, y'all report. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for joining us today. If you have any recommendations, also let us know. Don't forget to share everything. We love you so much. And bye. Bye. <laughs>